0: As kids, my, my brother Kevin and I, uh, we were on the same baseball team together, the White Sox. And if you know anything about me, you know how non-sporty I am. And uh, if I'm at an A's game, um, I'm there for a hot dog and a beer and the company, and I'm sort of paying attention to what's going on. Um, I wear my A's hat out of town pride. Uh, that's it. Uh, don't ask me anything about how the A's are doing. I will disappoint you. Um, I will fake my way through it. If any, you see anybody else ask me, I'll be like, yeah, man, yeah. How, what'd you think about that last game? got into a real kerfuffle there earlier. What, what'd you what'd you think? And I just keep keep trying to throw it back to the other person, and I'm just faking it. I have no idea what happened. I'm not keeping up. So uh, yeah, but I will totally go to game to you. I will game with you. I will I will play baseball with you. I'm just not keeping up. I have no idea what's going on. So uh, my brother and I, growing up, we were on the same baseball team. And whenever Kevin was up to bat, I was his pinch runner which also is hilarious if you've ever seen me run, because you see me running and you go, all right, wow, there's a guy who uh, clearly is uh, in, no, in no hurry at all uh, to get where he's going. And so one, maybe like one out of four times I'd actually make it on base. Like I can jog, but like the whole sprinting thing, I'm like, ah, no, that seems really hard and far to, you know, to get there. I don't know, I don't know, like where's the snack bar? That's like what I was thinking. And so my running really hurt my brother's batting average. But um, he couldn't actually run the bases because he had a degenerative hip disease. And so that was, that was my job as his brother. He, he had to walk on crutches, he had to take it easy. Um, and this was a pretty impossible request for my brother because Kevin's always been a super active guy. This was, this was a really hard, for, a hard thing for him to be told. By the doctors, uh, that his hip was going to get worse and worse and worse, and then he'd have to have a hip replacement surgery, and then all this recovery, and then as he grew, he'd get worse and worse and worse, and then he'd have to have a new hip that matched up with his new body size. And basically, what the doctors were letting him know that he was just going to be destined for a life of a lot of pain. And I remember though, uh, my family. I remember a time when my family and friends we got together, and we just thought. What if God has other plans for Kevin what 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 if he has a different destiny for Kevin than what the doctor said and I remember as a kid we all circled up I don't remember where we were but I remember that we were in somebody's living room we all circled up we all held hands and we prayed for Kevin's healing and uh that was it we moved on but then the craziest thing happened um Kevin would go to his doctor's appointments and he wasn't getting worse and worse and worse We prayed that God would prove the doctors wrong, and he did. Kevin never needed surgery, ever. Uh, The doctors didn't know what to do with it. And instead of getting worse and worse and worse, Kevin got better and better and better to the point where he could run his own bases and he was very happy about that. Uh, Thank you, Andy, please just go to the snack bar, Uh, I got this. And um, to the point where a few years ago, Kevin and I, we ran a men's health race together in San Francisco and we ran up and down the stairs of the Giants baseball stadium and I hated it. It was horrible, (laughs) I hate running maybe we could say running hates me. Uh, uh, last last night, I was, like, just dealing with some stuff personally, things that are going on in my life that I was worried about, and Sarah's like, hey, why don't you go for a run? I was like, uh oh, fine. So, like, I'm going to try it, and I go, and guess what happens? Uh, a dog bites me while I'm running right here. I can't show you because that'd be inappropriate, but I promise, right here, a dog just full-on just, <laughs> just latched, you know, at my hip, and I have, I have bruised, broken skin, probably have rabies, so, it's nice to know you guys. Uh, if you see me foaming at the mouth at some point call nine one one but uh yeah, yeah, so running hates me it does just think about running makes me want to sit down um, but but god uh, God healed my brother Kevin, and uh, that moment is is sealed for me um, whenever I pray for other people who need healing I just i have I have faith and I have trust I can pray God's healing for them and i I don't know when and how it happens, but I will always ask, and I'm always confident that it could happen for them if that was if that was what God wanted to do. Because I've already seen it, and so many, and I could tell you all these other stories, but but that changes for me how how I pray. What maybe other people would feel is impossible. I'm like, no, I've seen it happen. I can ask for that. Um and I don't know. I don't know about you. Maybe maybe have you ever have you ever prayed for something and then you experienced a response where you go, okay. I know somebody heard me because that what 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 happened afterwards was so specific to what I to what I was asking for. A couple of you, yeah. Once you experience this, there's there's nothing like it. And um and then then you begin to understand why the early church that they devoted themselves to prayer, because Jesus gave them a mission that really seems impossible. Jesus says, "I want you to get this message out to the ends of the earth," and you know. There, there's, there's millions of Christians around the world right now, but at the beginning, it's this small group of people, and they, they've got to be looking at each other like, yeah, how are we going to do that? That was 2,000 years ago. A lot's happened since then, but the feeling back then was, okay, God, if this is going to happen, it's because you have empowered us to do this, and so regularly the church is in prayer because God gives them this impossible task but they say it, it, it could be possible with you but we're 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 not we're not looking at ourselves going yeah we got this we're we're going to you in prayer and and the feeling's the same in in, in Oakland in in 2019 Re- reunion is a community following Jesus for the renewal of Oakland and when we talk about renewal we're we're asking God to bring this spiritual refreshment and reawakening and revival to our lives something that would then spill out and radiate out into the lives of our friends and our coworkers and our neighborhood Um, but this is something that only God can do. This is only, we can't manipulate or twist God's arm into doing this sort of thing. When it, when it comes to renewal, we've got to be honest about what part of this is our part and what part of this is God's part and only God's part. And so the, 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 first church, uh, knew that and they, they devoted themselves to four things that we've been talking about. They, first of all, last week, we talked about, uh, koinonia, this common life that they shared together where everything was in common and they were looking out for one another. There was this shared life. And then uh, to prayer, that's what we're going to be exploring um, a bit today. And then to the teaching of the apostles, they learned the way of Jesus and then they were integrating it into their lives and then to sharing meals together. Um, They imitated Jesus's way of offering friendship to people who felt like an outsider, some people who felt like God doesn't want anything to do with me. There was, to people who felt like out there in society, this is where I rank and it's way down here, but here around this shared table, we were brothers and sisters, we were a family, it was this really beautiful thing, and um, honestly, of all the different experiments we're going to be trying out as a church, the, the the brunch one, the meal one, is the one I'm most looking forward to, to just look around and go, like, okay, God, what do you want to do in our community as we just, like, share a meal together, what, what are you going to do, what are you going to do, and um, so the first church, they devoted themselves to these four things, because that's what they could do, but then there are things that only God can do that we also see in the description of this Acts 2 church. Um, in Acts 2, it says that the the, the church that I, that was gathered, they enjoyed this rare kind of favor from their neighbors. People looked on what was happening, and they were, they were, they were like, "Wow, that's amazing! That's great! What's going on there?" And just people were like really in awe about what was happening. And it would be the same for us in in our post-Christian climate. It's it's really hard when you feel misunderstood. Or mistrusted by your coworkers, or your friends, or family, and we're not going to change that with some slick marketing campaign. We're we're not going to just be able to win people over. Um, following the the way of Jesus sets us up to be weirdos. It really does, and, and we just got to embrace that. And we just got to go, yeah. You know what? Uh, the, the the some of the things that Jesus is asking me to do is just so different from, from other people's priorities and what, 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 what's important for them in their lives, and for me to really build my life around Jesus, I'm going to stand out, I'm going to be different, I'm going to be weird, people aren't always going to get what's going on, and I just need to get used to that, and that's one of the, the important things about our gatherings here together is because we have to remind each other who we are, because in any other place, uh, we might feel like the only one. And so then, um, so so, so if we do experience goodwill and favor from friends, neighbors, coworkers, that's a moment where you go, okay, God, that's you doing what only you could do in that relationship because otherwise people wouldn't quite get me. They wouldn't understand what, what it is that I'm all about. Um, the first church also saw these amazing things happening in their community. The phrase is "signs and wonders," and uh, maybe, maybe if you grow up in church circles, maybe you've heard that phrase thrown around. Uh, maybe it kind of freaks you out if you hear that because of what kind of gets associated with signs and wonders. But it's actually a really cool thing. This is uh, this is a hyperlink to the Old Testament book of Exodus. So if you click on that hyperlink, it takes you back to this moment. Um, in, in the, in the God's story, when God worked really powerfully through signs and wonders to rescue his people out of slavery. And then as Jesus walks the earth, we see him bringing about this new exodus, this new rescue. And the power of God was at work in him to bring all kinds of healing and freedom to people. And now the first church is seeing signs and wonders. Now it's not happening through Jesus. Now it's happening through Jesus's followers. Now, I don't know where you're at with this, but um, I'll just ask you, like, when you, th- when you dream and think about, like, what kind of church we could be, like, do you, do you long to see people in, in this community and in our life experience healing? And not just like, oh, like, I feel a little bit better, but like, I have no idea how they're walking. I have no idea how they don't need surgery anymore. I have no idea how they don't need those pills anymore. Like, would you, would you like to see that? Would you like to see people experience freedom from things that have, have held them back? This is something only God can do. We can, we can place ourselves in a, in, a, in a way to say, God, I'm open to this, I want this, I'm craving this, I'm asking for this, but God, if, you, if this happens, it was you. And then it says, God continued to add to their number daily those who were being saved. And I want to see renewal and salvation in this community. And we have have friends and neighbors and people that we think about who are far from God, who maybe God's not on their radar at all, or they think God doesn't want anything to do with me. Whatever the case, I want to see renewal and salvation happening in their lives too. But but here's why I have to check myself. It says God continued to add to their number. God is the one who draws people. We're, we're, We're a new church and you don't just show up and blow up in Oakland. You, uh, things are, things, it's uh, the, the, the growth of our, our community, it's probably smaller than you'll think it'll be. It'll be slower than you think it'll be. Um, we're a new church, and we have to remember that it's God who draws people. The people that, that are in our lives that we care about, that we go, what I have that I want for this person, I can't force it, I can't manipulate it. God, this has to be something that you're doing in their life. So what's God's part in all this? God brings favor in our community. God brings about extraordinary freedom and healing, and God brings about growth and salvation. Um, but before we go any further, this is something we like to do from time to time if you're new here. Uh, let's just chat with two or three of our neighbors around us. Um, introduce yourself real quick, but then let's talk about this. How, how are you longing to see renewal and revival? Um, is it, does it look like favor from our community, people in your life? Does it look like extraordinary healing and freedom happening? Does it look like salvation? Does it look like something else? When you, when you think about God bringing renewal and revival, what, what are you picturing? Where are you hopeful? Where, where where are you wanting to see this? So let's, let's get together with two or three other people and, and just chat about this for a little bit. Go for it. All right, so there's God's part in renewal, but then, but then, but then there's our part. Uh, which is devoting ourselves to a shared life, devoting ourselves to learning the way of Jesus together, devoting ourselves to sharing meals together, and devoting ourselves to pursuing God together in prayer. We, we can't force God's hand or manipulate God into bringing about renewal, but we can create space in our lives to say, God, do what only you can do. We can pursue God together and say, God, you've done this in the past. Do it again. We're longing for this. We want this. We're preparing ourselves for whenever you want to bring this about. In our generation or in a generation to come, this is what we're contending for. And one of the ways that we, we do that is through prayer. And as I look at how the first disciples prayed um, and how Jesus taught us to pray, uh, I realize I've got a lot to learn. Um, the first disciples, they, they, they ask for things that are so different than what I would ask for, given the situation that they're in. Um, like in Acts 4, just a couple chapters later, after the description of this church, there's this moment of, of persecution, and then after that persecution, the disciples don't pray, "God, make my life easier, insulate us from this, protect us from this, get us out of here." No, they pray, "Lord, consider their threats and enable your servants to speak your word with great boldness." I, I don't, I don't, I don't pray like that when things are, are, when somebody's, you know, I'm like, they were mean to me. I didn't like that, you know. I don't, I don't pray like that. In Ephesians 3, Paul prays this amazing prayer for us. He says, For this reason, I kneel before the Father, from whom every family in heaven on earth derives its name. I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you being rooted and established in love may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ and to know this love that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. That's a beautiful prayer, right? You'll, you'll never guess where Paul is when he prays this prayer. Well, some of, some of the guys can guess if the guys are in the city team uh, class that we do on Fridays. Where is Paul when he prays this prayer? Daniel. He's in jail. He's in prison. Yeah. Some of us have spent time in prison. Are these the kind of prayers you prayed when you were in prison? No. Are these the kinds of, uh, are these the kind of letters that you wrote out to other people? No, no, no. Uh, probably not. It was probably more, poor me, get me out of here, the food's horrible, you know. I, I need to, I need to re-understand prayer, clearly. And, and I wonder what our new church can learn from the first church about talking with God. Uh, For example, the disciples come to Jesus and they say, Jesus, teach us how to pray. Uh, You you have something that we don't and we want it. Will will you show that for us? What What do we say? What do we do? And so Jesus teaches us to, first of all, pray our Father. He teaches us to pray, give us our daily bread. Forgive us our debts. Lead us not into temptation." But I don't know too many Western American Christians who pray in terms of our and us. It's, uh, it usually sounds more like me and mine. Um, I, uh, that, I mean, that's how I pray. I don't know about you guys. Um, I need to, I need to re-understand prayer as something that we do together. And when I say it and I say our, it should, it maybe should feel a little weird for me to be by myself and say words like our without somebody beside me to be like, oh, I think there's supposed to be some other people here for me to be saying these words. Um, And and yes, that does not mean that we don't pray alone, but I wonder if what we're missing out on when most of the time we pray alone. Um, And and also just how hard it can be to maybe feel like you could connect with God on your own. Maybe if we're doing this with other people, somebody else has the words or God's talking through them in a way. And together as a group, it's like you're helping you. These other people are helping me connect with God. And uh, there's something about our, our fellowship. There's something about this group. There's something about us coming before God together and praying our Father. Um, but then there's something else standing in our way. Uh, some of us hear our Father, and we think of the our Father. Um, some of us have been taught to pray the our Father as punishment, um, if, if, if that's our background. Some of us in the past, you sinned in some way, and so then you're told to go, now go and say five our Fathers. And then you know, things will be sort of okay. Um, So if prayer is punishment, is it any wonder why we don't want to pray? Because of what it's it's associated with? When when we only pray in isolation or, or when prayer is punishment, we've already lost what it is that we're meant to do in community, speaking with our Father. Then we're taught to pray, hallowed be your name, And uh, that, that, this word hallowed, it's about sacredness. It's, it's saying, God, your, your name, your, your character, who you are, it's, it's sacred. It's unique. It's important. It's other than any other name. It's an honor that I even just get to address you right now. This is a big deal. Um, Some of us just jump in right away, super casual with like buddy Jesus, just talking to him. Hey God, what's up? But like, how would, how would our prayers change if we realized like this is a really big deal? what's been opened up to me. This is a really big deal, who I get to talk to. How would our prayers change if we recognize that at the beginning? And then Jesus, is te- Jesus teaches us to pray, give us this day our daily bread. We're asking for daily provision. Being at the homeless encampment yesterday uh, changed this part of Jesus's prayer for me, because um, some of us have never really needed to pray for daily bread. We've, we've we come from a place of abundance. Um, for the most part, you know, if we skipped a meal, that was like a that was like a, 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 a that, was, that was a choice for us. Uh, you know, we were too busy or, or, or for whatever reason, we, we, we skipped out on a meal or something like that. But we, we knew another meal was coming if we wanted to. But we're praying, give us this day our daily bread. And when we shift from give me to give us, then suddenly we start to remember that not all of us do have a, are coming from a place of abundance. And this prayer causes us to look at our full plates and our full bellies And to ask, God, is there anybody in this us that I need to be generous with, that I need to be sharing my table with? Then we're taught to pray, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Have you ever prayed this prayer when you were still holding on to a temptation? Have have you ever prayed this when you weren't actually ready to let go of something that was evil? I have. Our words, our words don't match up with our heart. Um, what, what if that's why our prayers haven't been answered? God's like, I, 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 know, you, I know you know what you're already planning to do. You're not, you don't actually mean this. Here's the really scary one. Jesus teaches us to pray, forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. We're saying as. God, as I'm asking you to give this to me, the forgiveness and grace and mercy that I need, I am also at the same time extending that to other people that i that, that that need this from me at the same time as but i i know that i've prayed this while holding on to unforgiveness i know that i feel like i am deserving of receiving this from god but not them maybe later when i feel like it what if that's why our prayers haven't been answered I'm praying forgiveness from a place of me and mine for what I need when, when I was actually supposed to be praying for something that needs to be happening for all of us in all of our relationships, that this would spill over into my relationships with others. And then Jesus teaches us to pray, Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth, just like it's done in heaven. We're asking for God's kingdom and his will to be carried out in our world. Now, why are we taught to pray on earth as it is in heaven? because presently God's kingdom and will are being done in heaven, but presently God's kingdom and will are not being done on earth. There's all kinds of other kingdoms and wills at work uh, in the world, and not just like out there. I'm talking about in here. I am calling down God's kingdom and God's way of doing things right here, ground zero. God reign and rule here, and then let it spill out everywhere else. When, when, when we pray, are we asking that our desires would be lined up with God's desires? Are we saying, God, I'm open to the fact that probably I don't want a lot of things that you want, and that you wanted a lot of things that I'm not yet open to, but I'm asking God now, realign me more and more to what you're up to in the world. Are, are we after this kingdom? Are we after this mission? Are these are the sorts of things that we go, I gotta talk to God about that, or is it really my kingdom and, and my will be done? Jesus prayed to the Father in the Garden of Gethsemane, before he's going to the cross, Father, not my will, but your will be done. And then Jesus tells us, pray in my name. This is beautiful. Well, I'll I'll do whatever you ask in my name, so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. You can ask me for anything in my name, and I'll do it. But we forget what Jesus, the heart of what Jesus is getting at here, and so we'll pray whatever we wanted to say to God, whatever we wanted to ask God for, and then at the end, we'll tack on, in Jesus' name, amen there, see, I prayed in Jesus' name. God, give me this and this and this, in Jesus' name, amen. But That's not what Jesus meant. God didn't, God wasn't intending to be this cosmic ATM that we could just connect with from time to time when we need stuff, and then the, in Jesus' name is the debit card and the pin number that we insert to get, to get what we need. He's like, I've I've got something so much bigger for you, so much more beautiful for you, but what if, what if that's why our prayers haven't been answered, because we're just tacking his name onto a selfish prayer, where we're just using God versus saying, God, I, I, want, I want to know you, I want to be connected to your heart and desires. To pray in Jesus' name is to pray for the things that Jesus wants, to care about the things that Jesus cares about, to, to accomplish Jesus' mission in the world. And so we gotta check ourselves and we gotta ask, am I concerned about the things of God? Because so often, at least when I pray, it's, it's about me. It's pretty clear, uh, I've made a lot of mistakes in prayer. Uh, Anybody else feeling that about right about now? Yeah. Okay, cool. Not just me. Yay. So um, even in a church gathering like today, prayer can just become a way to transition the group from one part of our gathering to another part. Uh, You've probably experienced this before. I've, I've been a part as a church leader. I've been a part of church worship planning meetings where someone will say, okay, we're going to do the announcements. And then Andy, if you could just like come up and do like a quick prayer while the band comes up a quick prayer. A convenient transition like while everybody's heads are bowed and eyes are closed and then the band comes up and people open their eyes and whoa how'd they get here but it was just like a nice little thing to get everybody in place for the next thing have you ever noticed um how sarah um our worship leader my wife have you ever noticed that she that she like takes her time in in these prayer moments um that's because she wants us to actually you know be with god and and talk to god and for it not to just be like a nice little transition and and that takes time to actually connect with God and, and be with God. Let's not be a church that uses prayer as a tool for a smooth transition. Let's just, let's just commit right now we're not going to do that. Thankfully, God is so rich in mercy and grace, and he gives us the time and the space to wake up and realize the ways that we've gotten it wrong when it comes to prayer. But here's what's exciting. Here's what could be really cool. What if we prayed the right way? What if church was where we got together with a group of people, and we knew that this group of people loved God and feared God and desired God's kingdom and mission? We knew, the people to my left and my right, they want this too. What if church was where we came together with this new family that we've been sacrificing with and working with and dreaming with, and, and we're united as we're seeking God's presence and for God to speak and move in this group and to, to align our hearts with his? his kingdom and his will what if what if that was what happened when we got together as a group of people and not just like the people who hold a microphone but people to our left and our right we knew they want this too and if I pray with them they they want their heart and life to be aligned with God's heart and life they when they say in Jesus name they mean Jesus your heart your character your way do you know that God is looking for people like this in, in, in 2 Chronicles 16, verse 9, it says, The eyes of the Lord are ranging throughout the earth to strengthen those whose hearts are fully committed to Him. I love this. God wants to strengthen us. God wants to give us what we need to accomplish what He's asked us to do. It's not like we're asking Him to do something that He's reluctant to do. He is on the lookout for people that He can strengthen. He's on the lookout for people who say, God, this mission that you called us to, it's too big for us. I'm up for it, but God, through you and only you, God's looking for people like that. Can you, can you imagine even just this morning, God looking all across this earth, and he sees us, this humble group of Jesus followers in Oakland, gathered together, and he sees us praying for his kingdom and his will to be done in Oakland as it is in heaven, in, in our lives as it is in heaven. Can you imagine what that does to his heart? God is longing for this. He is looking for people who will pray like this. He's longing to give the strength and the power and the wisdom and the creativity that you and I need to do what he's asked us to do. He, he, didn't, he didn't leave us there on our own. He said, I, I'm not gonna leave you as orphans. I'm gonna send you my spirit, I'll send you what you need. But maybe we haven't seen his power at work because we haven't been praying for the things that he wants us to pray for. But what if we started to pray the right way? What if God has been on the lookout He has been waiting, and He is ready to strengthen us with what we need for what we're facing. When when we pray in Jesus' name, when we pray that God would align us with His heart and His kingdom and His mission, that's when we're going to see God do things in this community that we would never be able to do on our own. That's when we're going to experience favor from our neighbors. That's when we're going to see extraordinary healing and freedom that is unexplainable that's when we're going to see God bring about renewal and salvation in this community. And when we see those types of answers, then prayer is no longer going to be just this this ritual. It's no longer going to be a way to to transition a worship gathering or to kick off a meal. It's, It's going to become a way of life. So, I want us to practice this together. I really believe that what happens on Sunday should spill over easily into Monday, that this shouldn't be separate from every, the, everything else that's going on in our lives, that this should empower and train and get us ready for whatever it is that we're going into. And so as a community, let's learn to relearn prayer as a way to align our hearts and priorities with what God's up to and not the other way around. And, and there's two ways we can do that. I told you uh, this Saturday, this Thursday night, um, we're going to have a prayer and worship night in Kyle and Jordan's house. And this is time that's exclusively set aside for us to pursue God together. And, and we also would like to take this time to pray for you, though. Um, there's, there's a postcard on your seat that says, how can we pray for you? And um, on the other side, there's some blank space. Um, if you would, just in, in the remaining time, if there's uh, a word or a thought or a phrase, you can keep this anonymous or you can put your name on it if you'd like to, it to be known that this prayer is for you. We actually want to pray for people in this community during our time together on Thursday. So if you write that down, um, we'll pray for this. Um, this time is to ask for God's kingdom and will to be done in our hearts and lives and in this community. And the only, and and, and we're going to be asking God, ready us for for your renewal, what you want to do here. I also want to say, if you're a newbie to prayer and that sort of thing feels like advanced level stuff, I don't know, maybe in a couple years, uh, uh, we've thought of you and we want this, we want this to be for you too. We're going to do a really good job explaining everything so that you can enter into this as fully as possible um, so that however long you've been walking with God or even if you're just checking this out and you're not sure, there's, 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 there'll be ways for you to participate without feeling stupid or behind or not knowing the right way to 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 respond. So don't miss this. Um, If you had other plans, cancel them. I mean it. Um, but there's another way that this can change our lives. and and that's at work. Uh, that's in our close relationships. So many of our our coworkers and our friends and our family, they they carry all these burdens, and they have all this anxiety, and they have no idea what to do with it. and And that's a hard place for us to be if we care about them, because we have we have this hope and faith that we would like to share with them, but we go, I don't know how to do that in a way that I don't get in trouble with HR. I don't want to come across as pushy. I don't want them to feel like the only way that I see them is if they have this gigantic conversion target on them wherever they go and I just have this agenda for them, I I don't want that. I want this to be a sincere way to connect and care for somebody, but how do I do that? So there's, there's a way to care for people through prayer. There's all kinds of ways we care for people. There's a way to care for people through prayer. And I wanted to invite my friend Liz up here And um, Liz is going to kind of role play this with me so you guys can see this. Um, Liz was the one who introduced me to care through prayer. Um, So she's going to help me um, teach this to you. So everybody say hi, Liz, Liz, everybody. Yeah. So, um, so here's the scene. Um, Liz and I will say we're coworkers at Facebook and uh, we're just doing what everybody does on Monday. We're catching up on the weekend. Okay. You need any warm up exercises or vocally here? And scene. Yes. Can you hear me? (laughs) Yeah. Should I use this? Yeah. Yes. Yes, okay. please. Yes, please. Great. Yeah. So,
1: hey, Liz. Hey, Andy. Yeah. How's
0: it going? Oh, it was good. How was your weekend?
1: It was good. Yeah. How was yours?
0: Uh, it was good. It was good. I'm trying to think of something specific. I don't. Um, it was good. It was good. We had fun time with the boys. I think you know. I've got a two-year-old and a and a five-month-old. So, um, they're great. They're cute. Um, they're a lot of work. Um, yeah. I'm. Um, yeah you know it's David's kind of at a tough age he's at a tough age but it was it was good it was all right so yeah yeah Yeah. that
1: sounds like it could be really hard I don't have kids but yeah um sounds like a lot of work yeah uh how how is it like affecting you um at home or work
0: oh oh uh thanks Um, I mean I don't know like you, you picture what you're gonna be like as a dad and and like I have those moments but then there's other times that I'm just like You know just kind of sleep deprived and I I get I just I I find myself getting angry at him and and just instead of enjoying him I'm just getting frustrated with him and it's just I don't know lately especially this weekend I just it just like wasn't like the dad I wanted to be Mm. so it's it's yeah but anyway thanks for asking yeah yeah Yeah. is there
1: anything I can do like uber eats you some dinner or (laughs) or help out at work take something off your plate
0: oh um I really appreciate that I um I think I'm good on food, obviously, but, um, <laughs> but, um, you know, ju- it just means a lot to you ask. I just, yeah, I'm I'm good. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks, thanks a lot.
1: Cool. Would you mind if I just said a real quick prayer just that you and your wife could get some rest this weekend?
0: Oh, um, like right here? Like, yeah. yeah.
1: You can just look at the floor, close your eyes, whatever you feel comfortable with. You know, I believe in God and mm-hmm, I think that mm-hmm. he has the power to give you rest. Um,
0: um sure, sure. Yeah. Okay. 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 Cool. Yeah.
1: Dear God, thanks for Andy, thanks for his friendship and um, diligent work as my coworker. Uh, would you just give him and his wife some rest and give him patience so that he can be the dad that he really wants to be. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.
0: Cool. Um, yeah.
1: Yeah, I'll see you at our 2 p.m. meeting. Okay. All right. All right.
0: <laughs> and scene. All right. So, <laughs> awesome, so hanging out, hang out up here, Liz. Um, yes, we wanted to demonstrate the very likely awkwardness uh, that will happen, and you just got to push through it. You just got to push through it, um, but um, what are what are some things that could be great about care through prayer? Like, what, what are some things about this approach of, of caring for people that's, that's unique and, and cool in, in your experience so far?
1: Yeah, um, it is awkward. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I will say, I had never prayed for a coworker worker um, until probably, like, eight months ago, and a friend of mine who was, got introduced to Jesus through a co-worker taught me about this. So she's really passionate about showing people who Jesus is at work, and um, so she, she, she said there's like an easy way to, to pray for people, and this is how to do it. Basically, ask them if you can help with something, and like mean that you really want to meet their needs, like Uber eating someone dinner. Um, most of the time, people don't actually want help with their lives, because are yeah. independent. Like you I'm know? good. I'm good. Thank, yeah, thanks, they thanks, always thanks. say yeah. I'm good, pretty much. And then, and then now I've I've just started offering to pray for people, and um, I, I have never actually had anyone say no to me, um, and many times people are very moved. They'll they'll say that they've never been prayed for before, um, or they'll start crying immediately because <laughs> um, God is powerful, and it's not because I'm good at praying because how I just prayed is how I often pray. It's just Mm -hmm. like, God help them with this thing.
0: But also, um, it it really is important to keep it like short and simple because, um, one, you know, you're at work, it's a little awkward. Um, (laughs) and maybe they've never done this before. And so we're talking like five seconds, like, Mm -hmm. thank you God for them. I pray this for them, bless them in this way. And I'm out like, short and simple. Um, uh, you're not taking 45 minutes to call down heaven's power for them in front of their cubicle. They're going to be like, why did I say yes to this? And then, um, yeah, but short, short and simple, but it's just enough to introduce them to the idea that the God of the universe might be on their side, Mm -hmm. that God might be for them, that God wants good things for them. And now from now on, you're that person. Mm -hmm. Um, other people are going to find out that, Hey, if I need prayer, if I'm having a hard time with stuff, I can go to Liz. Mm Mm-hmm. Any, I mean, anything else is cool.
1: Yeah. Um, no. So I, ha- I have a story of a coworker who um, she is a member of the LGBTQ community, and I only say that because I always think of her as like she won't want to hear she won't want to hear about God. Yeah, if she knows
0: what I'm about. Yeah. Wall. Yeah. Know, immediately. Yeah.
1: Um, yeah. So just like have always been really aware of that, and not wanting to offend her or or make her feel unsafe in any way. Um, and she she knows that I'm I'm a Christian that I go to church and stuff, Um, and one time she was sharing with me that her family was going through some hard stuff, her brother was struggling with drugs and alcohol, and um, we were chatting over lunch, we had basically ended the conversation, we're like walking back to our desks, and I felt like the Holy Spirit was telling me to pray for her, um, mm. which happens often, and usually I ignore it, but this time, <laughs> this time, I was like, no. usually I'm like, no, not,
0: not now. That can't be God. That would be awkward. Um, that sounds, that sounds weird. That sounds hard. God yeah. doesn't want
1: me to feel awkward. No, never. <laughs>
0: um,
1: and, but this time I was obedient, and um, I was like, hey, would you mind if I just said a real quick prayer for your brother? Um, and she was like, "Oh yeah, sure. We, like, hopped in a conference room really quick. I just said, dear God, please help with, um, Chelsea's brother. Pray that he would have the strength to, to say no to the stuff that he's tempted by. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Now I'm, like, really aware of the Jesus' name I pray. (laughs) (laughs) You're welcome. Uh, (laughs) I'm in there. Um, so, then she, she was, she said, Liz, I'm so thankful that you, said, this prayer, this is really meaningful to me, and she said, my mom has always been a Christian. She has been praying for this for a long time, too, and I know that she would really, um, she would really be glad to know that you are praying for me at work, and that was really comforting to me because I then remembered that God is pursuing her in all these different areas. It's not about me saying the perfect prayer or inviting her to church enough times. Like, she has all these other people in her life, and God's using... Um, all those people. Yeah, it's not just you. It's not just me.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So,